Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from at timely underscore moments. Right. Can you believe that we're almost at 40 episodes? That's mental. You've had to listen to my really shit voice for over 40 hours of your life. And if you include Ads' episode, it's definitely over 40 hours of your life because that was like two and a half hour long episode. Not that we've got anything against that episode. It was just a very long one. Um, right. Before we get into this um, interview, I've got two points of admin for you. Firstly, uh, I sent out um, the second iteration of the Zulu Time podcast patches this morning. So a lot of them arrived with me um, this week, um, which is fortunate because um, effectively I was unable to send them out any sooner because of the fact that I had obviously had to do the whole self-isolation thing and couldn't collect my mail. But um, those patches are out to the various interviewees and other people who um, basically needed the patch or deserve the patch um, and have done stuff for me whilst I've been away uh, in the Mediterranean. So those should be landing with, um, well, in the UK anyway, uh, next week, probably Monday, Tuesday. And those overseas, you're probably looking a couple of weeks. Um, if they don't arrive for whatever reason, guys, obviously just, just let me know and we'll, we'll square you away and sort that out. Um, a further note on patches. So I do keep on getting messages from individuals who follow the podcast and, and um, the Timely Moments page. And they always ask me, where can I buy the patches? Now, I have since had a discussion with Carl over at Pagoda Patches. So obviously Carl makes all of my patches for the podcast and he's obviously a great supporter of the podcast, which is fantastic. So I've had a conversation with him because I didn't want to sell the patches. I wanted to use them as tokens for yourselves, guys, to support me. So every time, you know, if you send me something, I'll send you a patch. Or if you come on to an interview, you get a patch for the time that you've given up for me. Um, that's how I wanted to run it. But it seems that a lot of these, well, it seems that these patches are basically getting there, you know, a little bit of traction out there for people who don't want to come onto the podcast or haven't sent anything in, which is absolutely fine. Um, but I didn't want to cut Carl out on, on, on obviously selling these patches. So what me and Carl have decided to do is in March, we are going to announce a limited drop of patches. And what I mean by limited drop is that they are in fact the third version of the Zulu Time podcast patch, which hasn't been hasn't been teased yet. Um, they will go for sale on Carl's website and on his pages, and he'll deal with all of that. So he, you know, he is the patch guy. He will do all, all of that. But after um, the money is taken for the making of the patches and the manufacture of the patches, all of the proceeds and profit will actually go to a service charity. So that's how I want to enable people, if they want to buy a patch but not come on the podcast, to get a patch effectively. Um, so look forward to um, further um highlights as it were as we go into March uh, where this will be advertised and it'll be promulgated around um, and also details on which charity and uh, which service charity will be supported will also come out of that and then obviously once that drop is complete and all those patches hopefully sell because I like to think that you guys as supporters out there um, like to give to charity um, me and Carl will do a follow-up post and a follow-up 
story and all that kind of stuff to show that that money had been donated and hopefully get the uh, charity as well to um, recognize that the donation has come into them. So it's a full circle and it's completely transparent. So that is the plan guys for the patches. Further to that, some people have also messaged um, and there was obviously a poll a couple of weeks ago um, for the Zulu Time podcast slash Mod Hanks collaboration. So I have also had a conversation with Mod Hanks. Uh, we're going to sit down at some point next week for um, you know a, a, a chat, as it were. But the plan is in motion. Um, so Mod Hanks will order in some more Zulu Time podcast material. Um, he will do another limited run. Um, of those um, hanks for obviously for those who want them um, but again similar to Carl I didn't want to deal with the whole uh, postage of those and obviously getting the money of those and all that kind of stuff I didn't want to take that away from um, Mod Hanks's business so he will be running that drop and he will see all of the, uh, the, the, um, the profit to that as it were so that's the uh, Zulu Time podcast app in for you um, we're now going to move into yet another collector interview. I'm going to bring on a good friend of mine, Dave. Okay, uh, so a bit of a background. I've known Dave for absolutely years. I've known his brother for even longer. Um, and uh, he's currently sunning himself in the Mediterranean. I can see that right now. He hasn't got a beer in his hand, which is odd. Um, I'm surprised about that. But anyway, Dave, welcome to the podcast, bro. Dan, thanks for having us. How are you doing today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I mean, I can tell from the weather, right? Um, I basically want to be back in the Mediterranean, so you're just making me jealous, mate, because obviously I wasn't meant to have returned this early from the Mediterranean. So if anything, this interview is going to be really short because obviously I know that you need to go back out onto your little boat, sorry, ship, and uh, start sunning tanning yourself on the back deck. So This, this is true. This is true. As, as we probably say in the Navy, uh, choose your branch, mate. Choose your branch. Yes, exactly. Well, I think I've had a good time with it, mate. Like I'm pretty sure I've done more AT um, than most in the Army. So I'll take that. But at the moment, mate, the weather in UK particularly where I am in UK is great, miserable. Um, and I'm not really a fan, to be honest. So no, yeah. probably, probably quite a lot colder as well, to be honest. I, um, I do kind of miss the weather in the UK, but at the same time, I'm in shorts and t-shirts nearly every day. Even when it's wet here, it's still 12, 15, 17 degrees. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a bad winter, to be honest. No, it's not at all, mate. Last week, at one point, according to... Apple, the Apple weather app, right? At one point last week on the way to the office, apparently including the wind chill, it got down to minus nine. Heavy. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it, I, I personally don't, I mean, it was cold, right? I don't think it was minus nine, including the wind chill, but the ambient air temperature was minus five. So that was wow. absolutely disgusting. So obviously, as you know, I've only recently come back from the Mediterranean because we, we'd had a chat while we were away because obviously we tried to do this podcast that it's in the same time zone. And uh, mate, coming back to minus weather, no matter what it was, like you said, from 20 degrees in the day to minus was, was a, a shock you know yeah it is uh it's a bit of a shock i mean i, I can understand because we um we actually met up out in cyprus in 2016 yeah um you know that was that was very warm that was a nice warm summer and obviously where i am um in gibraltar it's it, it gets just as hot um so it's nice in the summertime yeah uh, winters can be hit and miss they can be pretty biblical mm -hmm. in the form of rain but um, yeah 
but yeah it's not too bad to be honest none of this minus figures and yeah. I mean, really getting to single figures so uh, yeah. yeah happy with that mate you are living your best life all right so before we get into the actual interview mate we've got um we've got, you know we've got a bit of tradition on the zulu time podcast and it is a wristwatch check so as the guest mate talk to me what watch have you got on your wrist today uh well mate i'm i'm wearing one of my pride and joys um which courtesy of your influence uh i've managed to get hold of one and that's a, a sanguine neptune um mm-hmm. it is my my go-to watch i like to wear it every day I like to wear it at work. Um, and I'm also rocking it on a Zulu Alpha strap, Navy. Um, I just find that it's a perfect everyday watch for me. Mm-hmm. You can dress it up, you can dull it down. It's pretty indestructible. Um, I'd say it's, it's probably a good con- contender to the old G-Shocks. Um, I, I say I wear this every day at work. It gets battered about and there's mm-hmm. very, very minimal wear and tear on it. So um, yeah. That's me. Absolute solid choice there, mate. Um, obviously, we're going to go into later on into, into into the interview when we go through the standard questions and obviously you'll, you'll highlight how you use those watches. But what I enjoy, mate, is the fact that you actually do wear those watches, which, you know, and I've seen photos of you out on, you know, out on the water, you know, using them as a tool, as they were intended. Before we go on to my wristwatch check, I forgot a question about it. Do people in your crew notice that you don't wear a G-Shock, you know what I mean? Because it is an analog watch, it's, it's, it's a mechanical watch, you know, it does stand out from the crowd because of its design, you know, and like I said, they are quite rare and if it, it really, you know, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, do people notice, mate, that you wear that watch as well? Yeah, that's the thing, mate. I mean, I've, I've, I've worn my G-Shock a lot at work and mm. ever since I got the Sangin, which was uh, actually, from my partner for Christmas 2019. I've, I've pretty much worn that majority of the times it works. So people see it, I've got different color straps on. Mm. Um, they're always asking questions. And even on a run ashore, I've got a bracelet strap for it. So that yep. goes on, it, it dresses up nicely. Yeah. Um, and people do ask questions and, and I tell them the backstory of how, how Sangin was formed. Um, they ask about the straps or give them the backstory of uh, Zulu Alpha. Um, a couple of guys are interested in Sangins, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. mate, and um, and they do keep looking and they do keep asking me if, if I've got any intel on new drops coming <laughs> up. So I, I just say the same, look, get on the mailing list, you know, mm. get those emails and, and just be ready. You've got to sit there ready and snipe these uh, these yeah. drops. Um, yeah. But yeah, people do ask me, they do ask. So um, hopefully there could be a few more followers uh, in the Brotherhood. That's cool. That's cool, man. I only asked because uh, Sangin, uh, along with obviously my other watches that we all know that I own, um, but they are one of the, the watches that when I do wear them and people notice um, that I've got a watch on, uh, they always get compliments. So I just wanted to know if it was uh, the same for yourself as well, where, you know, people notice them. So so that's, that was it. Um, in terms of my wristwatch check, I'm also wearing a Sangin today. I am wearing my um, Tad Edition Merlin. Uh, which is gleaming um it is on a joseph bonny um bon clip style modern interpretation uh of the bon clip from like you know uh early the mid part of the 20th century you know what it's a really comfortable strap uh, you know, that, it, that, that looks it yeah it oddly it. suits it as well like it's you know when you look at the bon clip kind of straps they look like ladders you know what i mean they're, and they look quite flimsy to be fair to them because they're very thin 
um, but the design on them is really good. Um, so you get effectively infinite adjustment for the size of the bracelet, which is quite cool because the way it's the buckles slot into the gaps within the, the laddering. Um, and it's just really comfortable, mate. Um, what's really funny is that on the Sangin Instruments Owners Group on, on, on Facebook, um, I actually got a message about the, the the bracelet and now there's a guy in america who wears his his tad edition merlin exactly the same so i like <laughs> to think i like to think it started a trend um but we'll see we'll see but yes that's my that's my wristwatch checkmate so we're both wearing sanguines which is good and we've both got watches that we get complimented on which is even better um so you've briefly touched on it um Obviously, we've touched on how how we know each other, and obviously that you're in the Royal Navy, mate. But uh, and you're out in jib sunning yourself up. But is there anything else that you want the listeners to know about what you do out there? Because I actually have no idea, other than the fact that when you're you know normally sending me photos of you having a beer or a whiskey in the evenings whilst you're sat in flip flops <laughs> with a lovely sunset in the background, um, and very occasionally you get onto you call it a ship. I would call it a boat because the P classes are tiny. They are tiny. Yeah. Um, yes, mate. Well, basically, yeah, I've I've been in the Royal Navy for just literally just under six years now. Um, I'm actually a reservist. Um, so for for those that don't really understand too much, that's a, a part-time commitment uh, to the armed forces. Um, my time in Jib, I've actually been um, on a full-time contract. Uh, so that basically enables me to to get various drafts and postings around the world um, as a full time member of the armed forces rather than uh, a 24 day commitment per year. So that's really benefited my career with uh, with the tasks and operations I've been involved in. Um, and basically in jib, all, all we do out here is uh, is, is patrol the waters, um, escort vessels. Um, and basically just uh, j- basically we're just making sure that the sovereignty of, of Gibraltar is upheld. Um, Jib's got a, a massive history um, with the United Kingdom and, uh, and, and many various uh, events over the years. Um, the Royal Marines especially uh, are, are tied to Jib. Um, it's actually within their crest as well. So if you've ever seen their, their crest on the Berry Badge, it's, it's got Gibraltar mm-hmm. on it. The Royal Marines and and the Dutch, um, I believe it's 1704, um, yep. took Gibraltar, and so it's been a big part of, of the armed forces history for for centuries now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's it's I'm quite proud to be here. I've always wanted to come to Jib um, and work to see the rock. Uh, it is basically like a, a, a fortress. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's old gun emplacements everywhere from hundred ton guns. There's there's defences, there's pillboxes, there's tunnels within the rock, um, and it's a fascinating place. If if you've never been, mate, I'd I'd say you know there, there's always a, a bed for you. So uh, come and have a look and and get around. Um, we we get a lot of visiting units out that that we do various exercises with. So it's it's quite fun. It's it's a, a good place to be. Very small, yeah. but but good fun. Yeah, um, I've. I've yet to serve in Gibraltar or visit. Um, I've got a few friends who have. Um, so there is a couple of jobs in my current trade out there, um, as you will know. Um, unfortunately, they share the same office with the RMP. However, we won't, we won't, t- you know, we won't put down the RMP for what they do. But yes, there you go. 
Um, but yes, mate, a friend, a couple of friends of mine have served out in Jib, in, obviously in my trade um, and in the security side, um, yeah. and, and and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you talk about hundred ton gun placements and all that kind of stuff, um, or pound, sorry, gun placements and all that, and uh, that's obviously historically really interesting. But that's a link back to my current role here. A lot of the batteries that I've supported um, with my time at my current unit are always the Gibraltar battery. So it's quite yeah, funny yeah. how they, they all take that battle on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is a place that I need to get out, mate, to, to see it, even if it is just for a long weekend of flip-flops and uh, and whiskey. Um, well, that's it. I mean, the the, the Matlows in the, in the following here, um, I'm pretty sure would have all been to Jib at least once because for, for Matlows especially, it is a rite of passage. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the bars you, you go to, um, as well as doing a rock run, uh, which is basically, generally it's an early morning run up yep. the rock uh, and it's timed. Uh, and it's normally, especially for Matlow's, after a night drinking. So <laughs> it's, 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 it is. So is it your hangover cure, mate? Is it? Is oh, that what they claim it to be? Apparently, it's not my cup of tea, mate. It's no. not my cup of tea. First thing in the morning after a good, uh, good session, I, I prefer a nice greasy fry up and. Uh, yeah. And just chill out on the beach, yeah. you know. I'm uh, just get, it can get that sun. Yeah, I'm just imagining that scene now of uh, you know in Band of Brothers where they all eat spaghetti and then in smashes the captain like the captain smashes the fucking uh, mess doors in and just guarding makes them go for a run up curie hill. Yeah. I'm now imagining just a load of matlows in absolute bobbins running up this hill this rock just spewing everywhere from a night night out before so that's 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 what i'm imagining i bet (laughs) i bet um we have one more unit mate to mention that is linked to um to gibraltar and i think it's historically important to to to, um to mention and you're gonna like this it's uh, a part of the big three mate and i'm not on about the sas or the sbs it's the rough reg yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you do know how the RAF Reg got the nickname of Rocket, don't you? Go on, enlighten us. Enlighten like us. This. Because, As uh, you know, a few, a few of my oppos have had some run ins with the uh, typical Gibraltar Rock Ape. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So the story goes that there was a young airman on guard in Gibraltar uh, during the Second World War, and he may or may not have discharged his weapon uh, at a shadow that he thought was uh, obviously someone who was approaching him because he did the right thing as a sentry at that time, but may have shot his flight Louis. Um, And the quote was, I'm really sorry, sir. I thought you were a goddamn rock ape. So there you go. That's where it comes from. (laughs) So there you go. There is a tie there. So it turns out that the RAF regiment have been committing friendly fire since 1941. There we go, then. There we go. There you go. So, yeah, mate, that's really interesting. Now, I will definitely drop into Gibraltar at some point, mate, especially before you leave. So I'll take that invite and uh, I look forward to having a whiskey with you, mate, whilst wearing, sure. sang- whilst wearing sangins in, in, a Gibra- in, the Bra- in the Gibraltar sunset. Um, what got you into watches, though? Because, and I only ask this, right, because I know you and your brother and you're very exactly the same and your brother cannot stand to wear a watch. No. No, mate, we we are different with with regards to that. And to be honest with you, um, military watches I've only got into recently. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not really something that I've I've looked at for years. Um, yeah. I'm quite, should we say, uh, 
a sprog in terms of a collector. Um, and most of that is your fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> conversations you and and um, your your various posts on Instagram, you know, I've always gone, why is this guy taking pictures of his watch? It's a watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then looking closer going, actually, that's a nice watch. Mm. And that's Thanks, when mate. our conversation of you know that's 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 when we've started our conversations and, and you've got me into it. But in in the past, my my watches when I have worn them have been um, been for a reason, just mm. like anyone wearing a watch. But for me, it was mainly because uh, when when I lived in Cornwall, I moved down to Cornwall when I was eighteen, um, and I was surfing almost every day. So I I use watches to basically know when the tide was right. Yeah. surfing whether it was high lows mids um knowing sunset sunrise um and and i used to watch every day so because i was out in the water because i was a surf bum shall we say um mm -hmm. i couldn't couldn't afford decent watches so um most of mine were were fairly cheap like uh sub sub 100 pound watches mm -hmm. even a couple sub 20 pound watches just for the purpose of wearing with a wetsuit getting in the water um and I, I i started off i mean my first watch i can't remember how old i was but it was a typical argos watch okay yeah. like your, your blue and red casio or Acuris, whatever they were doing at the time um and i got a velcro watch strap because i had ridiculously thin wrists mm -hmm. and could not do them up properly so velcro was perfect for me um and I saw this watch strap at the local market and I absolutely uh, thought it was hilarious. And it was blue and gray and basically had little tadpoles on it. So going into school, I, uh, I got known as the sperm watch guy, um, <laughs> which, which was hilarious. And, and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant, you know, good little bit of banter, but the point was Velcro was the only thing I could use. So when I went to surfing as well, I wanted something that was, you know, going to be able to get around my wrist and the mm -hmm. wetsuit and a decent velcro strap won't really come undone if if it's if it's good quality and i've had a couple of watches from gold wetsuits i used to work for them uh, i used to work for animals so i had a few watches from them which had like a leather yeah. strap which they're really good watches i've still got them they're in the uk probably need a battery change um mm -hmm. but they they just always did the job for me they, they were affordable at the time um and they just they just really helped with being able to surf uh, at the right times of day, um, knowing the right conditions wherever I was. And then I stopped wearing watches. I, I sort of reached my my mid twenties and and just didn't bother. Um, I, I sort of followed my brother's terms and I found it annoying. It was almost mm. like a burden. Um, but then then I joined the military, mate, and and it's a necessity again, you yeah. know um started off with a couple of watches from the naffy uh, which very quickly fell to bits mm -hmm. um straps were pulled out um broken cases but you know again they serve the purpose they they make sure you're there on time or or in navy time five minutes before five minutes mm -hmm. before um but yeah mate I've, I've never really had decent expensive watches um until the last couple of years when when i've really focused on what the watch means to me yeah um looking at a reason for for buying a watch like i'm not someone to just splash out on anything 
for any reason. It's got, it's got to have a meaning. Um, and for me, mate, my first watch after several months of, of talking um, was the Neptune. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me means something because, well, it's got Neptune in the name. I'm in the Navy, you know, King, yeah. King Neptune. And, and that's a little seamless link for me. Um, I've not been out to Afghan. I've not been in Sangin. So with regards to that link, I can't relate, but I know that the guys put up a lot of work out there. And those that have been out to, to Afghan and, and in Sangin and who have got a Sangin watch, um, I can appreciate that they want a, a bit of kit that's that's hardy and tough, just like the train out there. So uh, so I thought, yeah, why not? Why not make the first watch a, a Sangin? Yeah. And absolutely no regrets, clearly. No, no, not at all. Um, as I said earlier, it's my it's my daily go-to. And and I just can't believe how like with yours as well, mate, your tad, they dress up really well. Yeah. They yeah. they dress down um, you know, whatever you want to wear it for. You you've got a watch there, you just need to change the strap. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you, mate. I think what's interesting as well is um and we're going to go into more of your collection because I can I can see it, um, <laughs> which is interesting. But I mean, I, and obviously, I, I know through our you know um, our friendship and our, our conversations over the years what you have. Um, but it's interesting as well to say that not only, like I said, do all your watches have a, a use and a you know a purpose, but also they are very unique in design. You know, so they they do stand out. Um, and I think that's another thing that sang in. And, um, and uh, again, you know, something with my watch collection, I've noticed that quite a lot of my watches are quite unique in terms of the design um, for either the purpose which they were built for. But also, like I said, they stand out from a crowd from what everyone else wears or what everyone else would expect. You know, and that's uh, always a good talking point, isn't it? So, so yeah. Um, in terms of the watches then that are currently in your collection, I mean, I know you've spoken that you've got a few uh, watches back in the UK. And it's interesting talking uh, that you mentioned Animal, because obviously, as we know, Animal obviously then went on to develop Elliot Brown, which is That's probably going to probably going to come up in a conversation later on. But did you ever have one of the Animal Velcro straps by any chance? I did, mate. Yeah, um, I, I had a few. Um, and... I had a I basically I, I can't remember the models, but I I had a real mm. cheap basic watch from Animal, and then I had a slightly more expensive with the leather mm-hmm. strap. Um, and as I say, they were my go-to's for for every day. The leather strap was just your daily, um, especially when I was in working in the shop. Yeah, you know, you you can show your product off. I was head to toe Animal, yeah. Animal flip flops, shorts, t-shirt, vest, whatever. Um, and the watch, sunglasses were topping it off. Um, and the same with gold gold wetsuits like. You know, similar to Animal, they started selling a product out the back of a lorry, you know, a yeah. lorry, a van, and 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 it blossomed. So, yeah, for me, the Velcro straps, um, they they were a godsend. I I just love them. I, yeah. I couldn't stand at the time a bracelet. It it used to pinch. Um, mm-hmm. I've manned up a little bit more now. I can deal with the pinching. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm more than happy to wear a a, a bracelet strap now. But um. Yeah, no, lo- lovely product with Animal. Mm. And uh, and one of the first things I'm going to do when I get home is is dig out those watches, get a battery change and uh, and start wearing them again nice. because they they were a big part of my life uh, in my teens, uh, living away from home, no yeah. family, close friends. So, you know, they, they've they got a lot of memories. Yeah, yeah. No, that's oh, cool, yeah. man. 
that's really cool. Um, so yeah, let's quickly go through some of the watches that are in your current rotation then. So like I said, you've got those watches back in the UK. You've got a Sangin Neptune. Um, I also know that you have um, a Bremont. Um, Me, I do. I do. And, um, and I'm pretty sure this is your fault as well. It's um, not my fault, actually. I think you'll find it was the project leader of the Surface Fleet's fault. I'm just saying. Well, to be fair, yeah. To be fair, yeah. But uh, but I, I've seen your your Bremonts and uh, and and they're amazing, mate. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> they they they're just generally they're they're an amazing bit of kit. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. They're you know they've got a nice weight to them. They feel solid. Um, and yeah, I I love it. This this is probably the most expensive thing by my motorbike that I own right mm -hmm. now, and and I cherish it. I absolutely yeah. cherish it. It's it's been out. It's had a few outings. Um, the uh, the typical navy run ashore. She's um, she's made an appearance, and and everyone has gone wow. Look mm -hmm. at that. That's nice. Um, so much so that that my boss has actually got one now as well. Nice, nice. So, Do you um how how have you found? I mean, I really like the design layout of the Argonaut mainly because I also like the design layout of the MB line and the U2 line. I like the double yeah. crowns. I think it's really cool. I like an internal bezel. Um, not uh, that I'm saying that you obviously bounce that thing around um, a ship because obviously you clearly don't because it's it's like I said it it holds um, a different memory is attached to that um, which we can we might go into but. The point being is it's kind of more of your dress watch, isn't it? Uh, you know, your going out watch and your special occasion watch. Have That's you it. ever, how have you found the use of the internal bezel when you've actually used it in a work setting? Is that, has that been quite, um, not taxing is the wrong word, but is it, you know what I mean? Like, is that, has that ever been a concern compared to the, the Neptune where you can just grab the out, outer bezel and just turn it? Effectively? To, to be honest, mate. Yeah, exactly that. It's, um, it's it's not as straightforward as just twisting the bezel on the Neptune, and I think that's why realistically, the Neptune for me is is the go-to. Um, mm -hmm. It's functional, it's basic, it's simple, um, it does a job, and and it's pretty robust. The the, the Bremont is, you know, similar, but for me, I think this is just purely, at the moment anyway, a dress watch. You know, yeah. it's it's a piece I wanted to get being the Surface Fleet um model it's it's to to sort of show off my time in the in the royal navy um i think it's it's again simple it's just got the surface fleet logo on it rn at 12 o'clock and and the little detailing of port and starboard uh, either side of 12 o'clock it's 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 pretty cool to be honest like mm -hmm. i love it but i don't think realistically at the moment i'm going to have that as a, a, a functional watch so because of the, the the slight challenges around um, that bezel, I'm 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 probably not going to utilize that as much. Mm -hmm. But you never know, mate. Think things may change. Um, yeah. I may be in a situation that that I'll be wearing that every day. Um, yeah. I mean, in my current job, it 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 does get a little bit rough and rugged, and things yeah. get battered around. And and I don't really think that that's the kind of money that I want to start throwing around at that environment yeah, yeah, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But, but as I say, mate, it, it dresses up lovely. Um, I, I, yeah, I love everything about it. And as I say, my, my boss has got one. Yeah. Um, he loves it as well. He, he's got a couple of different straps for it. Um, I've just literally got the, the, the stock blue 
mm-hmm. um, blue leather strap, which mate, it does the job. It does yeah, the yeah. job. Yeah, no, it looks really good, mate. It looks really good, and I like I like it's the the small design cues um, on that project as well. Uh, and I can I can clearly see the reason why they were chosen, which is really cool. Um, but I know you like said you're not you're not going to openly start using it at the moment in in the work environment. But the good thing you've got about Bremont is the fact that you know that if you wanted to, you could. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. I've got I've got guys. You know, and uh, as you know, like my my job's not always. Um, out on the ground or out, um, you know, in a more, you know, uh, rough and ready environment because of what I do. But it's quite funny how when I do go uh, into the office and I'm wearing the Bramont, people are like, oh, why are you wearing that? And it's just like, well, I'm wearing it because I bought it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, I, I, I wear these things because, you know, I, I should wear them. You know, they're tools. Yeah. And yes, they're, yes, they're expensive tools. And, you know, I'm not getting around that. But they can handle being in the office you know what I mean and I, I had one guy mate in my previous unit in the Mediterranean and he used to take his watch off to type well yeah like that was weird like he's the only person I've ever met ever and he was like yeah I just I don't like scratching my watch and it's just like on what like he was like you know on the keyboard and it's just like are you for real like what like okay you know but I get it like I'm not about to wear my um my solo anytime soon when when we're you know doing what we're doing with the uavs but i know that if i had to you know what i mean if i had to really do it and i and you know and they turned around and went right you know you're going away in 24 hours get your stuff we're going you know be that wherever and for whatever reason and say i had a bremont and i didn't have a chance uh, time to come back and change my watch i know that it could handle it you know what i mean i yeah. think that's the nice thing that's the nice thing that you've got about it you know um, and the, and I think that's that was the appeal really. Like I mean, for me, it's, it's an investment, but it's mm-hmm. it's a watch that's going to last. You know, they're they're built to last. They're tough. Um, they can be out in the environment. And to be honest, I, I think I need to wear it a little bit more. I've got I've mm-hmm. got a bit more time coming up. So um, you never know. You might see uh, the old little photos uh, popping nice. up here and there. Yeah. Will uh will it be? Because uh, I know that there's another project that you are eligible for. And as you know from my own watch box, um, military projects, the special projects through Bremont are, are, are fantastic for what they are um, and, and how they do them. And I think that their, uh, their customer service within the Bremont team is, is also awesome. Oh, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, but all of that being said and adding into that obviously means that basically Bremont special project watches become a bit of an addiction. Now, I know that yes. there's obviously another project that you're eligible for. Do you feel at the moment that the Argonaut there is, is going to be your only one? Or do you think that you would like to eventually add the, the second uh, project that you're eligible for? Because I've seen both. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think the second project that you're eligible for may alleviate the bezel, um, dra- not dramas, but you know what I mean, the bezel uh, debate, as it were, in the work setting. Um, if you were to ever use it in a work setting yes mate I agree and and do you know what I've, I've looked at the Bremonts a lot and um, I do like the MB2s but again when I saw the the second project that that I might be able to go for um, it's the the S501 you know mm-hmm. it's, it's the Royal Naval Reserve watch it's got those details um, linking the reserves to to show them within the watch itself mm-hmm. it's nice first thought I wasn't I wasn't massively blown away if I'm honest mm-hmm. um, 
but over time I, I kept looking at it kept looking at it and, and I thought you know what that's nice and yeah it's a completely different setup like you say the the functions compared to the Argonaut are different um yeah. so it might be a little bit more of a practical watch um I mean the detail in itself like on the on the second hand you've got the colors of the uh Queen's Volunteer Reserve Medal so um it's a little like uh, green and yellow markings which yeah. is quite a nice little touch and on the back of the face you've got the the wavy lines from the old wavy navy um mm. when the reserve officers used to have the wavy rank um mm -hmm. markings on their sleeves and at first i didn't like it but i've, I've warmed to it mate i've warmed to it and i think it may make an appearance mm. don't know when but i think it may yeah. make an appearance you know um it is a very nice watch. So, yeah, maybe watch this space. Yeah. Mate, Bramont watches or Bramont special projects are very much like Pokemon cards, isn't it? It's like you literally yeah. start collecting <laughs> them all. They're very expensive Pokemon cards. But I tell you what, like, um, it is cool when, when different projects come out and you sit there and kind of go, you know what? Only, yeah. a, fi only a finite of these a finite amount of these things are going to be made and only a finite amount of people will ever be eligible for these. Um, and that's, that's mate, that has literally been my mindset through all of the, the special projects that are in my box. Uh, it literally is just because I can, like, it's because I can. Exactly. And yeah. why not? And why because, not? you know, and because no one else or, or very few people can, you know what I mean? And I think that's, that's pretty much it, you know? And I mean, they are obviously fantastic projects, uh, products as well. But yeah, there's a little bit of my, I guess, my uh, my ego in there in terms of, oh, you know, I can get that because I've done this, you know, and I think it's quite funny. Um, so what other watches have you got? I know you've got a really funky G-Shock. Yes, mate. And and do you know what? This, apart from my Neptune, um, because I did I did get this a few years ago now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, my uh, my golf master, mate, she's she is literally indestructible. Um She's been dropped, hit, covered in paint, covered in various chemicals, fluids, and it's still ticking, mate. It's still ticking. Um, no snags with it. What um, is the size of that? Because that is huge. Me, it is. It is. Let me see. I'd imagine. I mean, other than the fact that I would, I would class it as what Darren used to say, as that's not a watch, that's a clock and a belt um mate it is yeah i mean you you're looking it's it's got to be about what is it 40 46 ish maybe mm -hmm. maybe more maybe a little bit more millimeters mm -hmm. um but again like this this watch for me it was it was a functionality piece um mm -hmm. and, I, and i've used almost all the features on it in, in my day job and just out and about mate, so it's got, yeah so for people who don't know that model mate because i'm not particularly au fait with that model i've got i have or had a rangeman which is obviously an yeah. abc version um but i'm i know that it's of the same series because you've got the rangeman the golf master and then is it the gravity master um it, yeah. off the top of my head but obviously what are the specific features in the golf master mate that, that um obviously you use um but also like you know what i mean yeah, so this this the Golf Master is a Golf November one thousand Bravo, and it's basically it's it's as it says Golf Master. It's it's the nautical version um, of these watches. There's they had the Mud Master as well, which was a little bit more your you know your 
your infantry sort of watch um, with an altimeter. This one, it's it's best functions are the compass, mate. Oh, so, okay. And and this is something I've used at sea purely because our compass um, went tits and. <laughs> Uh, at, at nighttime, mate, you couldn't you couldn't see. There was no bulb in it, so I referred to the watch. And yeah, you know, it's a fantastic bit of kit. It's uh, it's got a tide um, tide graph on it, so depending where where you've got it yourself set up, it'll indicate your high and low tides. Which okay, um, again, for my my hobbies of surfing, that's that's a, a useful tool. Um, standard features like stopwatch timer. Yeah, yeah world time functions um but yeah mate this compass it's it's brilliant it's it's a good bit mm -hmm. of kit it works really well um the only thing i'd probably say that that i think other models are, are a little bit better um is it could do with a little bit more of a light um the, the loom is pretty good on it but the light only shows right at the bottom at, at six o'clock mm -hmm. um so it is it is fairly bright but you can't always see um the whole dial so okay. personally, I'd, I'd probably want a little bit more light on it, but, you know, it does the job at the end of the day and it is pretty indestructible. Um, yeah, that's a good watch. Good yeah. turn to. Yeah. Mate, you must be the only person I've ever known who's ever used any of the other functions on a G-Shock other than a stopwatch. <laughs> like... I, I, I used to think, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, as you know, like, I, so part of my background in, in the military is rock climbing instructor. And I, I took my rangeman once, right, or maybe a handful of times max to do the whole altitude thing to measure how high we were climbing. That's yeah, it. Yeah. The only time I've ever done it, mate. Like, I wouldn't mind you. I wouldn't, won't, won't lie to you. Trying to get back to that menu to set it to its altimeter is a nose. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. like that, that is something where I will say, right, Garmin have just got that kind of shit down. Like yeah. it's one button, it changes it into that mode and it tells me the time at the same time. I mean, it's gleaming. Whereas that's the only problem I find with G-Shocks is the interface is just a little bit complicated. They are. And, and to be honest with you, um, I mean, the, the manual with it is, it's massive. Like it's definitely contended to the yellow pages and mm. uh, and it's taken a bit to get used to it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, initially, it was just right. Get the time set. That's it. How how can I illuminate it? That's it. But yeah. after a while, I was like, look, all these features that I'm not using. I've, I've got to at least got to understand the watch and, and how it works. And and it took its time, mate. Not going to lie, mm -hmm. but it got there. And yeah. and I, I I do find it useful. As I say that compass um, has been used in anger. And and it, I think it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, what else? What other watches, mate, are in the current rotation? So this this really, I don't know. I, I look at it as a bit more of a gimmicky watch, really. Yeah. Um, but I've had to purely out of um, out of tracking fitness and whatnot. I've had to get a smartwatch, mate. Oh yeah. So it's it's nothing special. It's just a Samsung forty six millimeter, but it does it does a brilliant job. Um, mm -hmm. It's I've been using it to track my sleep, uh, track my steps, track my runs. Um, yeah. You know, connects to my headphones, so so when I'm running, uh, I don't have to worry about skipping track on my phone. I can literally just tap the watch. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's useful. Um, I don't, if I'm honest with you, wear it much. Um, unless it is for like fizz and exercise or maybe overnight. 
Um, I, I, I don't think really it's something that I'm going to utilize at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trust its durability. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a nice little watch. It's a nice yeah. little watch, to be honest with you. No, that's right. No, no, no. The, um, yeah. I've never really spoken to anyone who has the, the Samsung ones, because obviously when you think uh, fitness trackers, you think, well, I mean, I, I in the military anyway, you tend to go Garmin, don't you? Or you think Garmin uh, or Sunto. Um, but then obviously the majority of people who wear fitness trackers, you know, when you talk about, you know, civilian world is Apple watches, aren't they? Or L, That's know, LG watches. Um, and you spoke there about the durability of it. Um, is it actually waterproof? Firstly, like, could you, could you actually realistically, you know what I mean? Use that. Cause obviously in your, in your environment, you know, could you actually use that on, on, on realistically not, you know? Yeah. Um, it is mate, to be honest with you. And, and like a lot of phones nowadays, um, you, you've got functions where you can yeah. obviously advise that you may be going swimming with it. Um, it's not got very great depth on it. I think it's only about five meters if that, mm. um, so for surface wear or, or just general, splash wetness yeah Yeah, it's fine you you basically you can press a button it'll it'll advise to basically shake it um did you just did you just just kibosh that off the side of your your uh desk there mate mate no (laughs) you like you like it so you like it so much that you just throw it on the floor well i I thought i'd test its durability no luckily that was the the swiss army knife taking a dive so uh that's fine. It's, it's probably nice. worked its way to the flat below. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, it's, it's not a bad watch. And, and I, I got it at a really good price. And I was looking at the Suntos um, and the Garmin's. But do you know what? I thought for, for what I need, it, that's, that's not what I want to get. Yeah. Um, I, I just purely want it for when I'm out having a run, maybe a swim. And then I, I have the odd uh, sleepless nights that it, sort oh, of, okay. it tells me a good little pattern. So that's it. I'd, I'd rather, instead of getting a Sunto or a Garmin, spend that money on uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on a future product. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ever done that? Um, uh, what's it? Uh, the, I'm trying to think of the saying where it's just like, mm, it's not really accepted. The, the frowned upon uh, thing of double wristing, mate. That. <laughs> have you mate, ever done that? Yeah? I, I have once, and yeah. do you know what? I didn't like it. Um, mm. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, pers- personally, like I, I don't like watches on my right arm. Mm-hmm. They're always on my left. Um, and, and it felt weird having, and I didn't know which arm to put which watch on, which one am I <laughs> going to use more? So I, I was like, you know, do you know what? No, no. Yeah, I can't <laughs> do this. I can't do this. I had a that's brain that, meltdown. That's not for me. Not for me. Nice. Nice. Um, so we've um, we touched on your collection, and obviously, obviously, over you know, and all the way through, it, we've spoken about how you use your watches. Have you got any um, specific memories, or, or you know, what I mean, times where you've used a particular watch in a in a situation in in the work environment that you can talk about? You know, anything that stands out or not? Um, to be honest, maybe the, the 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 main times in in work that it's been a, a godsend. Um, the G-Shock especially, like, I, w- I was going back to how the light only uh, illuminates from, from six o'clock mm. uh, and doesn't really show up the rest of the dial. But I'll tell you what, you can use it as a flashlight. That's um, cool. It is bright. So basically, yeah, we uh, we were doing some, some exercises on board and um, 
the Royal Navy train and train and train and train for, for various situations. And um, I was basically going through, through a, a, a collision scenario, um, which uh, follows with a flood. Um, a mock flood, not a real one, um, but we trained for the real ones. Mm-hmm. And basically, they um, they decided to knock all the power out. Now, we have, we normally have torches on us or or close by, um, or, or lamps that we can use uh, when when power's out, so we can carry on our work. And uh, it was one of those days when when all the batteries in every torch were dead. Um, nothing was working. But I had my watch on, so I just mm-hmm. grabbed the G-Shock off, illuminated it, and it lit up the room. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to get the job done, and uh, um, we, we've got very small vessels out here, so so any training serials are, are over and done with fairly quickly. And and it stood up to the task me, and and it worked. Um, Probably afterwards, I was uh, yeah advised to make sure that we we double check all batteries. Yeah, I was, I was about to say. If, if, <laughs> I was about to say if anything, it was just highlighted uh, your poor yeah. admin in, across the crew for not charging your batteries, mate, before you go out. That's it. That's it. Um, um, and but, annoyingly, I I I've got a uh, a Nightcore P twenty two, and that was fully charged uh, in my Fowley jacket, which we decided not to take our foulies to see because the sun came out and it got red as meat. So she got ditched on the jetty and my charge torch was in the pocket. So yeah. Poor, so all I'm hearing, yeah, all I'm hearing mate, is, is bad, bad men from the Royal Navy. Here. That's um, it. That's it. But you know what? The torch saved the day. So uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, torches, torches brought to you by Casio G-Shock. There you go. Yes. Yeah, um, thought. You would have thought it, mate. So no, it's really cool. That was really cool. You are definitely sort of part, the only person to use all the ex, uh, added extra uh, sensors and um, uh, modes on a G-Shock, including using it as a torch. There you go. That's a good accolade for you. Um, yeah. In terms of watches, then, mate. In terms of future watches, you know, you've touched <laughs> on a few things that you would le- like to uh, to potentially buy in terms of the 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 other special project that you're eligible for is there any other watches mate that are on the horizon or on the list that you kind of think mm, you know what i could see that joining the collection or whatever mm. yeah mate i mean like we've we've um discussed cwc um a few times mm-hmm. um which which i'm very interested in um but if if i had to say any any sort of big watches that that would mean something or or to be part of that that small collection um one of them definitely up there has got to be a Vertex M100. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful watch. Um, we we know a guy, mate. We know a guy. We, and, yeah, yeah we, we know a guy, and 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 this is the thing because basically I've got I've got three main watches that that I'm looking at as as the mm-hmm. the, the future purchases, and Vertex M100 is one of them. Um, Elliot Brown Holton. Um, mm-hmm. I love the watch. I love the DLC. But I'm also, as we've spoken before, very, very keen to see what the uh, the Zulu Alpha version looks like, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm holding off to to have a look at that one, mate. And and either way, I think a Holton's got to be in the collection. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic watch. Yeah. Um. But my 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 ultimate watch, mate, my my favourite, which I've loved since a kid. Um. And I'm going to say it, and it's through watching James Bond. Yeah. 
so i i would absolutely love an omega seamaster that's that's mm. my my all-time if if i'd never bought a watch again and i could own an omega seamaster i would um yeah i don't know i, I just absolutely love it I, yeah. I, as as a kid like everyone watching bond seeing his gadgets come out of his wrist yeah. and then they're brought to life nowadays with smart watches with all of these various functions like we say compasses tide graphs whatever you know he he's he's probably brought a lot of us into loving watches yeah um whether it be through his his rolex through through the omega um i i absolutely love omega mate it's uh it's got to be my all-time favorite well as to quote um dean stott you know i mean we can loosely consider him a part of your naval brethren given his his career you know to quote him he did in fact say um rolex for show and amiga for a pro so there you go happy days mate um well just sorry i was just gonna say a, a a little seamless link to omega and james bond um, obviously, we know Bond wears an Omega. Bond was written by Ian Fleming. Mm-hmm. Ian Fleming was in the R&R. Um, he, he was a reservist. Now, he actually had some, um, some input with the brainchild of um, a stay-behind crew in Gibraltar. Okay. Gibraltar was to be invaded um, mm-hmm. during World War II. Yep. Um, he, he was actually... Uh, in amongst the original guys uh, working out the plans and how it would happen, who mm-hmm. would be in that crew. And basically they would report back to the UK um, with uh, various observations. And if they could um, take part in little bits of guerrilla warfare against the, uh, the invading uh, possibly Germans at the time. And, and I found when I found that out, I thought that's, you know, that that's an awesome little link there that, you know, Ian Fleming was was in the Naval Reserve. James Bond, you know, Naval Reserve. And I grew up with James Bond and absolutely loved his watch. And mm. now I am, like I like to say, a, a watch pest. Um, yeah. So maybe one day I can join the, the brotherhood of owning an Omega. Who knows? Mate, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> and the, the, you know, the, 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 the Seamaster, mate, as, as you know, is awesome. Like, um, you know, just any of them, to be perfectly honest. I obviously have a problem with my tiny girly wrists, so I can't wear the current version because uh, they're just a little bit too big on bracelet. But, um, yeah, um, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the, the uh, Amiga Seamasters, uh, particularly the uh, the 300-meter professionals, um, which yeah. are just amazing. Yeah. Um, I obviously, as you know, I like these slightly older ones, um, which is obviously considered the Piers Brosnan era ones because they wear slightly better for my wrist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. There is an attraction there in terms of all those links. You know, I mean, again, looking at my 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 background in, in the military, you know, um, there's a loose claim there that we could talk about James Bond and Ian Fleming's influence within into certain elements of that. Um, but no, mate, they're they're very cool watches, and uh, I do hope eventually to see one in your collection. Be that, like I said, a, a Piers Brosnan era one or or, or an up to date one because they're just awesome. You know. Mate, they are, and and if I'm honest with you, again, I'm I'm all over the Piers Brosnan one. Um, mm. You know, when Goldeneye came out, and and he was wearing that watch, that was yeah. it. You know, yeah, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? I think when uh, 
when the world seems to be in a little bit of a better place and I can get out and uh, and try and have a look at Amelia mm-hmm. in the flesh, um, you never know, a decision may be made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I don't think you'd regret it, mate. I genuinely don't. No, um, I don't think so. <laughs> is there, oh, so before we move on to closing notes, mate, um, obviously, um, is there any, first, is there anything else that you think that you, you've missed out in terms of, you know, your watches, how you use them, um, any of that kind of stuff? Mate, no, I think uh, I think I've pretty much covered it all at the moment, and and my my biggest issue at the moment is deciding what strap to put on my watch. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm building up a collection, and they're all fantastic straps. Um, I'm hoping that that the world changes a little bit and gets a bit more uh, freedom, so the Sangin can be dressed up on its bracelet. Mm-hmm. I can put on some nice clothes and go out for a nice meal or, or meet my opposed for a run ashore. But at the moment, yeah, it's purely functionality of, uh, of, of wearing the watch to work and, uh, mm. and not dressing the watches up. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, one day, one day, mate. Soon, soon, mate. Um, soon. Where can those who don't already follow you within the Zulu Time podcast uh, community find you, mate? Where can they find you? Uh, me, I can be found lingering on Instagram uh, every now and again whenever I uh, I manage to remember to post anything. Um, and I'm basically D underscore Reggie underscore P. Um, hopefully going forward, you'll see a lot more watch posts. Um, you'll probably see a lot of motorbike posts as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully I might take a few uh, few interests there and and not just bore my friends with watches but bore them with motorbikes as well um, mm-hmm. and make yeah. them jealous and make them jealous of your sunset drinks in the keys <laughs> yeah. got, got yeah. that that's guaranteed mate guaranteed yeah. you'll, you'll have to come and join me that's it yes you know? <laughs> yeah it, it will happen mate it will happen um okay so um we've got the final bit of the uh, the the episode mate which is the standard the closing notes section so um i know you haven't got a specific closing note however i've got an idea to to go towards one for you you mentioned obviously the r and r um in fleming and the gibraltar plan if there is any links for that kind of stuff that you found on how you know they were going to defend gibraltar mate just uh just drop that uh to me after this episode and i'll put that into the closing notes section even though it's not a closing note yeah, I think no worries cool. mate no worries um, yeah but other than that mate what is your actual closing note well do you know what listening to to your podcast like i'm, I'm sure everyone has been affected by this uh, this pandemic, shall we say, um, differently. Um, for me, like listening to the podcast and 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 being in part of this watch fraternity, shall we say, has been a little bit of a, a shining light through through the pandemic and and through various times of being at work, being at home, uh, having to to try and isolate in a flat with you know the same four walls closing in. Um, but for me, like I've had loads of time to to shop. And <laughs> it's, it's been a killer on the bank balance, mate. But mm. you know what? I've been shopping for a good reason. And, and I'm really into small businesses, um, you know, guys that starting up, trying to, trying to get a product out and known. And um, I'm a massive collector of not just watches now, but patches, T-shirts, stickers. Um, if I see something I like, I'm going to buy it. And I might even buy more than one. Um, but it's it's sort of extended more more for for other products now as well, and I'm I'm now starting to buy art. I'm buying food products, and 
and there's some great guys out there that that have been affected by by this pandemic um because of sales but through the power of social media um mm -hmm. and and products all of us have been buying because we've all buying and we're going to you know set them up with a nice watch and and create this really arty farty picture um that gets loads of likes but you know guys like peninsula kelp you know graham graham's got a fantastic product i love to cook there's a lot of us out there that love to cook um and they they're great items to to have in your cupboards um when you you're throwing up some fresh fish or, or a breakfast you know whatever all this kelp um it works and it tastes great you know mm -hmm. um as i say art i'm really i'm really getting into my art at the moment mainly because i've got some absolute throbbing photos of me in my military career which are going to get framed and they're going to get put on the wall but i've got some art that's that's working along with it and i've i've got a friend that uh, that she does a, a bit of drawing on and i'm sure she won't mind me me plugging but for those in the navy that that have um, been to the south atlantic and, and georgia um maybe not even those in the navy you'll know of ernie shackleton well mm -hmm. she really really loves um the, the story behind shackleton and and what he achieved and i've got a, a print of hers and, and and another one hopefully on order soon um you you can find her on instagram sarah polar art um yeah. she she's got some great pieces um and yeah she's uh she's a good friend of mine um we've known each other for, for quite a few years now um another one is is chris webb um i really really love his his artwork it's for, i don't know for me it's almost like a, a cross between a caricature caricature and uh, and a decent um you know uh, I, I don't know they're all decent but you yeah, know yeah. A, a serious picture yeah um and and they're various items but for for me again they're the the paintings he's done of, of various Royal Navy ships and and I've got a couple um from Chris and and they're fantastic pieces so for those of you that want to decorate your wall uh in nice the man of artwork, cave. yeah the man yeah. cave maybe check these two guys out um you know Sarah Polar Art and Chris Webb um for, for me they're fantastic but as I say mate small businesses you know we, we've got to support them um yeah. they they've got an honest product generally and uh and there's many that all of us out there are, 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 are purchasing from so um let's keep them afloat yeah yeah no i agree mate i agree with you um my closing note one of my closing notes is very similar actually it's it's um an independent business that that we all know of and in fact you've got a patch on the wall behind you uh it's through dark so um as we know through dark um the you know sf um owned or you know xsf owned um they supported Nims Die to do um, Project Possible, which is gleaming, and therefore, at the back of it, have you know some ties to Bremont, which obviously we also like as watch pasts. Um, I recently took delivery of a um, through dark jacket. I committed me after about eight months of umming and ahhing. Now this is weird, right? Given the fact that I'm quite happy to spank in a few hundred quid or more on a watch, but yeah. Um, <laughs> It took me ages to spank in this money for this jacket. Now the jacket is expensive. There's no, you know, there's no two ways about it. Those who have bought from Through Dark will know this. Um, so we're not going to labour that point. However, what I just want to just highlight is the fact that um, 
yeah, they're an independent business, guys. They they do small runs. So that was another reason why it took me so long to get it because I had always missed the drops for this jacket. Um, but now that I've got it, it's it's gleaming. Um, a, a few people have messaged me about it saying, you know, their concern was uh, it looked quite like a heavyweight down jacket for, you know, for the temperatures that we, you know, uh, experience on the whole across UK. Um, but from my experience, I like to think I'm fairly experienced in terms of mountaineering and climbing. Um, where it sits um, in terms of its, yeah, its weight category as well is, is considered a mid-layer jacket. So it is, it's, it is quite thick and, and look quite puffy, but actually it does collapse down really small and you can layer up and layer down, which is what I bought it for. Um, but in terms of where it sits across other climbing brands that we would know of, it's, it's fairly similar to a North Face Nupsy 700. So when I mean 700, it's got 700 fill um, uh, down inside it. So it's that level of warmth and that kind of fit and cut. But I think what's cool about it uh, comparatively to a standard off the shelf uh, North Face one is the fact that they've put in little bits um, of design that you don't necessarily get with your mainstream brand so for example i've got a collapsible storm hood which i didn't have on my previous version and that was something where i have been caught out you know on the mountain on climbs where it is just all of a sudden absolutely pissed it down and you know it's that last moment where you're getting off the crag and you're like i'm just you know i'm fretters i'm tired i just need to get a coffee and get something to eat you know go back and you know finish the day and it, the heavens have opened and you're like oh shit like you know, haven't got a hood. So little things like that. Um, you're a patch collector now a little bit. Uh, it's got uh, patches on the arm for you to, to rep your favorite company or whatever you want. You know, I mean, admittedly, they've put on there obviously for safety, you know, to put like glow in the dark or, you know, high vis patches on there for climbing, which obviously is, is important, you know, to be visible on the mountain for a safety aspect. But I think the actual coolest element of the jacket is the fact that the rear of the jacket has got this four way stretch. So it enables you, so in my case as a rock climber, to move in the jacket a little bit better and not feel as restricted um, comparatively when I wore my Nupsi, um on a, on a crag. Um, and then also the other idea is the fact that it actually aids in the venting. So you can actually vent your body temperature quite well, which is a bit odd to say, oh, I will need to vent my body temperature when I'm wearing a warm jacket. But actually sometimes yeah. you have to wear that warm jacket in order to function, but you don't want to be too hot. So, you know, there's just little bits of uh, design on there, which I think because of their experience and because of what they've marketed their gear to, um, you know, they were able to implement comparatively to, like you said, the more mainstream brands. So if you're in the market for a expensive uh, mid-layer down jacket, uh, go check them out because it is actually a very good piece of kit and I've had it for the last week or so. So I'm looking forward, mate, to taking that out on a climb. So I'm not about to say I'm going to wear it on a Gibraltar rock run with you. However, if, if, there, if there's an option to go rock climbing, mate, with you anytime soon, then uh, we'll get yeah. out on the crag and I'll take it. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the only other uh, closing note that I've got, I've just started, I'm halfway through it, um, a series on Now TV, and I believe it's actually made by Sky Atlantic, but it is called Zero Zero Zero, and it is about uh, effectively drug cartels, co cocaine cartels uh, in, in Me Mexico. 
Um, and it's obviously looked at, you know, the, the effectively, yeah, the, the buying and selling of cocaine, the whole gangster lifestyle that comes with that, but it's very much in the real. So it, it you know, it looks at police corruption orders. It looks at how they transit those uh, substances across and then obviously how it ties into the distribution. So obviously from, from where it's, it's produced in Mexico, to where it's being basically uh, distributed and sold illegally across not just America, but also like into Europe. And it's a very good series. And but what's even better about it is the fact that you think there's, you know, like, you know, when you go through a TV series, you kind of go, oh, I know what's going to happen here. And you guess it because it's all cliche. And like, oh, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. There's no moments in this in the episodes where you sit there and kind of go, oh, of course, this is what's going to happen. And it just doesn't. And you're like, oh. Okay, and then obviously something else happens, and it's more shocking that that other thing happens, you know, and it just keeps you on your toes. So it's a very good uh, storyline so far. Um, but yeah, zero zero zero. I'm watching it on Now TV, but I believe it is, like I said, a, a Sky Atlantic show. Um, but oh, either way, definitely um, have to check that, mate. Yeah, either way, check out the show notes. I'll put a link in there to um, to the series and uh, go check it out, especially if you're into stuff like. Um, you know, the Sopranos, for example, I think it's very similar. So there you go. That's my, sh- my, my closing notes. Um, Dave, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on here. Um, I won't lie to you. Um, you have been on the list for a while to get you this on here. This is true, mate. Um, this is true. I've managed to hunt you down and finally, you know, make it work. But our schedules um, matched up, which is always good. Um, mate, look forward to receiving uh, your Zulu Time podcast patch. Um, to, go will, the, to go with the other one that you've already got uh, this one is obviously quite different and I'm peddling it a little bit more because I just think it's cool it glows in the dark so all I'm saying mate is if you manage to loom it up with a, a UV torch before you go on or um, out to sea uh, and you don't charge up your batteries on your ship I'm just saying it can <laughs> double up mate as a torch all right mate, there you go got, got a love a loom got a love a loom yeah so it'll, it'll double up as a torch, mate. Um, just so you're aware. So there you go. Or safety, you know what I mean? Or so safety, exactly. Or safety. So, yeah. you know, there you go. I'm looking after your welfare, mate, is what I'm saying, okay? But look forward to that. That'll be out to you next week. And, uh, yeah, other than that, man, it's been really good to, to catch up with you. Really good to get you onto the show. Uh, those of you who don't follow Dave, go follow him. Um, he will, nine times out of ten, just make you jealous because he's just, like I said, normally drinking beer in the sun in flip-flops in Gibraltar but <laughs> that aside you know he's a good bloke um so yeah that's it other than that guys look forward to obviously the next episode where we hit the big four zero who knew I think I'm gonna have Ooh, to do a special exciting, episode eh? for the big yeah I know I think I'm gonna have to do a special episode for the big four zero I'm, I'm debating actually uh doing a question and answer episode again and I think that'd be quite a good way to get some more involvement with um with you guys the listeners out there um but obviously wait out for that look on the timely moments page for the stories and all that kind of stuff if we do go ahead with a question and answer episode uh we'll share it in the stories and obviously you can submit questions um via via that means but other than that guys until then take care have a good weekend um and stay safe wherever you are till then bye